Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As you're turning to 2 Kings chapter 6, have you ever felt like you're losing your edge? Let me rephrase that. Have you ever felt like you're just losing it? Where things that used to be so easy to do are now becoming more difficult. Problems that you used to be able to deal with and and face so easily, now it's hard just to roll out of bed in the morning. Have you ever felt tired? Ever felt like you just wanted to give up? You find everything is going good and then you suffer a setback. If somebody say setback. They suffer a setback and you just don't know how to respond or how to handle it. In 2 Kings chapter chapter 6, excuse me, verse 1 says this, Then the disciples of the prophets said to Elijah, The place that we are staying in is too small. Someone say too small. I want you to know that where you're at right now is too small. That progress and leveling up is God's plan for your life. That God always wants to take you to another level. God always wants to get you to a higher place. God always wants to give you more than what you're experiencing right now in this moment. And so the the prophets are, they have a school of prophets and they're looking around thinking, God has blessed us so much that we're, we're outgrowing the space that we're at. I want you to know that sometimes you'll get to a point that you're going to outgrow the space that you're in. You're going to outgrow the friends. You're going to outgrow the companions. You're going to outgrow the co-workers. You're going to outgrow the haters that are around you in your life. And you're going to have to come to a point that you recognize you have to move on. They say the place we are staying is too small in verse 2. It says, let us go to the Jordan River. And each one of us can get some logs and make a place for us to live there. And Elijah, the prophet, says, go ahead. Go for it. Look at verse 3. And when one of the disciples asked, won't you please come with us? Elijah answered, I'll go. Verse 4, then he went with them and they came to the Jordan River and began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down the tree... An axe head fell into the water and he cried out, Oh no, master, it was borrowed. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to know that growth causes issues. If you are growing, you're going to have problems. How many have had kids before? Any parents? When the babies are born... You got the newborns, and then from there, three to six, one to three months, and then three to six months, and then six to nine months. And if your kid was any like anything like our first kid, they didn't fit in the newborn. They had to go to the three to six month right at the very beginning because the kids were growing. And as your kids grow, they have they grow outgrow the clothes they're in. If you have boys, you recognize how quick they outgrow their shoes. And you, 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 before you know it, when they're young, you're buying the Jordans, you're buying the nice Nikes and everything. And then you begin to realize they're, they're going through these shoes so quick, now you go to the kids. 
You go down to, to the, uh, go down to Kmart and find out whatever off-brand they have there because you realize they're going through these shoes way too quickly because growth causes issues. But in our lives, growth, when issues rise up, changes need to happen. And when change, change is needed at various stages of life, you, go, you get a child going from diapers to pull-ups, from pull-ups to underwear, and then you go to the potty stage uh, area where you're trying to teach them to, to, to go in the toilet and all these things. We progress at different stages of life. There is changes that go on. And I want you to see that you got this group of prophets, follow me, that recognize that things are growing and they're being blessed so much that they have to move. That you got to move sometimes in order to accommodate the blessing. Say it again, Pastor. There are times that you got to move on, move forward in order to accommodate the blessing that God wants to send to you. And I want you to notice this. The first thing I want you to notice is this, is that they ask for blessing. That if you are going to move on to the things that God has for your life, the first thing they do is they ask for blessing. They tell the prophet, listen, we're outgrowing this place. We need to go. We want to go to a new place and build there. And he tells them, go for it. They, they were looking for blessing. They have an idea, and that idea causes them to use their creativity to solve a problem. I want you to know something. The problem that you're facing today is just an opportunity for you to use your creativity and to be able to break through it. God uses problems and obstacles for you to develop your creativity. And so when you have a problem in life, God will allow those things to rise up so that you would become creative. They get creative, but they don't just move forward. You don't know how many people that come up to me and tell me, I'm getting married, I'm getting divorced, I'm quitting my job, I'm buying a home, I'm leaving my my, my relationship without ever consulting God. They don't look for blessing. And then when they come to my office, they already have their mind made up. They're looking for me to bless their decision. Some of y'all have been in my office. You know what I'm talking about. You came in already with your mindset of what you were going to do. And so you came to inform me not to ask for blessing. And many times our things don't work out in our lives because we have a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. We have an idea that we think was a good thing, but it wasn't really what God had for your life. It may be good for someone else, but it wasn't good for you. So before they move on, they ask God, they ask the prophet for blessing, and he gives it their blessing. They seek the man of God's blessing before they set out. They have an idea, and then they ask for blessing on it. I'm here to tell you this, that if you would get be creative and then take that creative idea to God, ask God to bless it, you will begin to see blessing breakthrough take place in your life. Somebody say amen. Now, now notice what happens here. The next thing they do is they ask for the presence. They don't just want the blessing on the plan. They want the, the prophet to go with them. Notice this. They invite Elijah to go with them and literally they beg him. Other versions show that they don't just say, hey, you want to come? But literally they were intent saying, man, we need you to go with us. I don't know about you, but in my life, I don't want to move forward in life without God going with me. Say it again, Pastor. I I don't want to move forward. I don't want to take a step unless I know that God's presence is going to be along with me. And they literally beg him to go. But too many times we are seeking the blessings of God without seeking the blesser. 
We want, the, we want the blessings of God, but we don't want God's presence. We want the blessings of God, but we don't want the presence of God. We want God to bless us with the house that will keep us from going to church on Sundays. Oh, it's quiet in here. They didn't just want the blessing. What they wanted was the prophet's presence because the prophet was the one that carried the presence of God. They wanted the presence of God with them. Uh, listen, it doesn't do any good to have the blessing without the blesser. It doesn't do any good to be blessed by God with a great job but be far away from the presence of God. You could have a great house, but it's not a home until the presence of God shows up in that place. Uh, you could have a marriage, but you don't have a relationship until God shows up in the middle of that thing. You could have a ch children, but it's not a family until the presence of God shows up in that place. I need you to understand something. They were willing, to, they, they, they wanted the, the blessings of God, but they wanted the presence of God. Do you want God's presence? Do you, want, no, do you want God's presence? Is it worth it to you to slide out of bed five minutes early and invite the presence of God into your day? Is it worth it to you throughout your day as you're driving just to say, Lord, I want to be aware of you? Is it worth it to you to say, God, just make room in my life today for your presence. Make room so that I can carry your presence in my day. Is it worth it to you to acknowledge it's not about just getting through the week. It's about allowing the presence of God get through you. So they not only did they ask for blessing or ask for the presence, now they got to work. And th this is, I want to speak to some of y'all. Because some of y'all are lazy. You want the blessings of God, but you don't want to do nothing. There's no welfare in heaven. There's no food stamp. Now, if you're in a tough time right now, hear me. You, you get whatever help you need. But I need you to understand that work was not a curse. God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. God gave Adam a job before he gave him anything else. It was work is, was given before the curse came around. So work was not a curse. And many of us think that somehow working is a curse. These guys got to work. You will never get anywhere in life. You'll never have any breakthroughs if you're lazy. You have to be willing to work. So too many times we got this idea that we get an idea, but we want someone else to work the idea. They, they, they cut, you don't know how many people have come to me as pastor and they said, Pastor, I got a great idea for a ministry. And they sit down and they share their idea with me. Now they want me to do it. It was your idea. In other words, your burden. In other words, your vision. So you, you're, you want me to build what you see. You want me to build what God gave you. You want me to take care of what God shared with you. Do you understand that God gives us vision so that we would work the vision? God gave you that idea because God wanted you to carry out that vision. 
But too many times we're expecting someone else to do what God gave us to do. They, they got busy. I need you to know that we are raising up a generation of lazy people that don't want to do nothing. They want to talk about doing stuff but never want to put their hands to it. I'm here to tell you that if we are going to change a San Jose, if we're going to transform California, if we're going to shift the atmosphere, we have to be a people that know how to get busy and get our hands dirty. Somebody say amen. amen. They got busy. Now, I want you to understand something. They, they had a plan, but they had a mind to work. They, they put a plan together. They got a strategy. And then they, got, they rolled up their sleeves. They got to it. Now, we've been on vacation for two weeks, my wife and I. But we did what we called a staycation. And we just stayed home. And we, you think that we would just start. Now, I kind of got an idea of what retirement looks like. And I always listen to my mom say, man, the days just fly by. Because we we're, we're, I became a gardener. I'm becoming my dad. That's scary. But I, my dad, I go to over his house, bro. I'd go see my dad at Pastor Aunt. And my first thing when I walk into my dad's living room, go, come, come here, mijo. He take me outside. And he starts showing me all his plants. I'm like, I don't want to see no plants. What's all this? And he was just showing me his zucchini, his tomatoes. And I'm like, I didn't understand it until I started planting. And now the seeds that I planted are growing. And they're becoming. And now I find myself, we worked so hard these past two weeks. And to see the fruit beginning to develop, the fruit growing out there, bad back and everything started to take place. We worked it. And in the 100 degree heat here in San Jose last week, a couple weeks ago, we were working it. But I'm here to tell you something, that you have to be willing to work if you want the fruit. They even problem solved by borrowing tools to get the job completed. Now, many of us want to get, we have a vision, we're willing to work it, but when we come up against a problem, we don't want to solve it. We want someone else to solve it. You have, if you, your vision's going to come about in life, folks, you got to overcome some obstacles. You got to get by some things in life. Now, now, follow me on this, okay? You have to be willing to work. Everyone say work. work. Now, check this out. We're going on. They, but then something terrible takes place. They lost their edge. Now I want you to see what takes place here. The unimaginable takes place because as a guy is beginning to cut down the trees, the axe head slides off and falls into the river and they can't find it. And what's worse about that, when the axe head falls off, I need you to understand, how many have ever used an axe before? How many know that when you're using that axe, you can feel when the head's beginning to slip? Right? You, you can feel when it's beginning to get loose. And so my dad used to get a wedge and, and hammer it into the top or put it in a bucket of water so that the wood would swell and hold on to the head. But this individual, as he's working, he began to get careless. And when you lose your edge, when you begin to get careless in life and you begin to ignore the warning signs in your marriage with your children, at your job, in your relationships, we begin to get lazy and we begin to ignore the signs that are telling us, 
We're about to lose something valuable. We're about to lose something that we that we where we might not be able to get back. That's how divorces happen. That's how you get fired from work. That's how you get kicked out of school. That's how you lose friendships is when we ignore issues that have warning signs, but we refuse to recognize them. So I'm preaching to you right now, and you don't even realize it. So this is a common problem. And in a moment, it's gone. You, you don't wake up divorced. You don't wake up far away from God. You don't just wake up one day and find out that things are fractured. Things happen in a process. And when you ignore the warning signs, as a result, you lose something. And I need you to understand what, what, why, this is, why this is so important. They're cutting down. Immediately, progress stops. Have you ever been moving so good in your relationship with God or maybe in your job, maybe in your marriage, your finances, and all of a sudden, boom, everything stops? That's an axe head lost moment. That's a moment in your life where everything was going good until, boom, it's gone. Everything stopped. This was more than a delay. This was a disaster. Why? Because I want you to understand, you couldn't run down to a Home Depot and get an axe head. Axe heads were expensive. Uh, iron in those days wasn't something that was readily available. You, you'd have to go to a blacksmith. And what's a trip about this is that whenever your nation was under domination to another nation, they would come in and get rid of all the blacksmiths and from that, co that community so you could not make a sword to rise up against the, the nation that was holding you in oppression. So finding an axe head wasn't easy. And that individual that lost it knew this. I borrowed that thing. Now that I lost it, I'm going to end up in slavery to pay that man back. It was more than losing a tool. You, how many people have ever lent something to somebody? You know what I'm talking and, and then don't get it back? We'll leave that one right there, right? But in those days, that meant slavery. I want you to see something in Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter, I think it's chapter 6. I think I made this, this one wrong. Uh, Hebrews 6.11 instead of 5.11. Or is it Hebrews 5.11? Take, take a look at that, Pastor Ant. Is 5.11 correct? Oh, it's loading. Come on, man. Just want to make sure I got the right. I didn't know if it was 5 or 6. I was reading, let me just say this, I was reading this past week in my devotional time and the scripture came up and it just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Because there's been seasons in my life where I felt like I was going through a time where I was losing my edge. And here the writer, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, we don't know the author, the author is unknown. But the author is telling him, he, he's explaining some things about who Jesus is to the Hebrew people. Follow me on this, okay? Stay, stay, stay in. He's, the, 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 the author is writing, telling people about who Jesus is, and he wants to take them deeper. He wants to give them more. And then he stops. The writer literally stops, and he's kind of sharing his, his thoughts with them. He's like, 
He's about to take them to another level. He's about to take them to a higher, higher, a deeper revelation. He's about to go to another level. And then he stops and he says this. There's so much more I'd like to explain to you. So much more I'd like to give to you. But it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull. And you don't seem to listen. You've gotten to a point where I can't even, I'm going to waste my breath if I give you deeper revelation. I'm going to waste my breath if I try to take you to that another level. There's so much more that God wants to give you, but you're stuck at the foundational level. You're stuck at the bottom. Look what the, the, this is, that was a New Living Translation. Look at this other version. It says this way. You believe, uh, or it goes on, you have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teachers of others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again basic things about the word of God. You are like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. Verse 12 says that of Hebrews. He says, we're having to go back to the foundational things, things that we should have moved on from already. but, But you're like babies. How weird would it be to see a 33-year-old man sitting here with a little baby bonnet, diapers, and a chupon, a pacifier, and someone pushing him around in a stroller? There's something off there, right? There's something that if you go after we... When you leave here from church today, you're going to go out to eat, many of you. And when you get to the restaurant, you ask, can I get a bottle instead of a burger? Because they, spiritually, they can't handle mature food. And what the writer is saying is that you, you haven't matured. You're still babies, We have to keep going back and changing your diapers. We have to keep giving you the pacifier. You're not growing up like you're supposed to. You're not progressing. I'm here to tell you this morning that that word dull literally means lazy, to become sluggish, uh, indolent, or dull, to gradually fall asleep. Again, it's not an immediate thing. It's something gradual. It's something that literally means someone that begins. Have you ever been driving a long time and you begin to feel like you're, you're nodding out and you're trying to catch yourself? That's what the dull, your senses are getting dull, your staleness or lack of response. You can sit in church, hear the great worship and still not be moved. You can hear great preaching and still not be moved. You can feel the presence of God and still not be moved. You've gotten to a point in your life where you have reached a place of being dull. says they've become dull in their hearing. Listen to me very closely. If you haven't paid attention to a word I said up to this point, listen to this. When the enemy can dull your hearing, he can dull your faith. Because the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And when we now hear other things, in my prayer, I pray every morning, God, quiet the noise. There is so much noise going on in this world that God quiet the noise so I could hear your voice. Let me hear your voice over the issues in life. Let me hear your voice over the relational problems. Let me hear your voice over the problems around me. Lord, let me hear they had become sluggish 
in their, in their hearing, in their faith. Now, we, know, we, we all know when our act is slipping. We, we recognize that. And, but he wants to take them deeper, but he can't. Now, I want, I want to take you a little farther, farther here, okay? Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Come on, somebody. What Solomon is saying is this. I'm about to close. So Omaha, if you could help me this morning. I realize how late it was. My apologies. I want you to see something here. If the axe is dull, it takes more effort, more strength. Whenever you see a lumberjack beginning to work and beginning to take trees down in a forest, they spend more time sharpening their blade so they take less effort in cutting down the tree. When you are dull, it takes more effort in your marriage, more effort at work. It takes more effort. Things that you normally were easily able to accomplish become difficult. And I'm here to tell you this morning that dullness was never God's plan for your life. That you were not created to be dull. God, Solomon equates wisdom with sharpness and being sharp. When we are lacking wisdom, we lack, it takes more strength to accomplish the task. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I have also rejected you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. Your, your, your rejection of God doesn't just affect you. Your dullness doesn't just affect you. It affects generations. Whenever you lose your axe head, you end up using the axe handle to try to cut down the trees of your life. And you're just beating. You're not making any progress. And when you don't make progress, we get frustrated. Putting all this effort in and I'm not getting anywhere. Ever feel that way? I'm working so hard and I'm not getting anywhere. That's because you lost your edge. It's because we've lost the edge in our life. Well, like the axe said, we've, we've lost our sharpness to be able to be effective. And I want you to understand something here. I want you to go down real quick here. We're going to jump down. We're going to. Go all the way down to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. When he cries out and says, I lost it, Elijah shows up and says, where did it fall? The man of God asked. And when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot. And the axe head floated to the surface. Come on, somebody. That makes no, excuse my language, freaking sense. You lost an iron axe head in the water. You throw a piece of wood in the water and the iron floats. In fact, another version says the, that the axe head literally swam to the surface. Grab it, verse 7, Elijah said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. 
as I close this morning, how do we get our edge back? How do you get your edge back when you've lost it? Four simple points that I'm just going to fly through right now. Number one, you call out to God. When he's swinging it and he realizes it's gone and he looks around and he's exhausted his own abilities, he stops and he looks out and he begins to cry out, I lost the axe head. Listen, if you, if you would just stop for a moment and realize where you're at and just cry out to God, God, I've lost it. God, I, I feel like my passion for you, I've lost it. My, my fire for you, I lost it. I don't know when it happened. I, I, was, I was swinging, everything seemed fine. And all of a sudden, I knew I was slipping. I felt it slipping, but I lost it. And if you would just call out to God, just reach out to God, then the, 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 the prophet tells him, well, where did you lose it? Let's go back to where you lost it. In order to get back the fire, you got to find out where you lost the fire, where you lost the passion, where you lost your love. Where'd you lose it in your marriage? Where'd you lose it for your family? Where'd you lose it for your career? You got to go back to where you lost it. Then the prophet goes back there and he takes a piece of wood and if I'm the dude that lost it, I know I'm about to go into slavery and this dude comes over with a piece of wood and drops it in the water. I'm like, dude, you're wasting my time. What are you doing? We need to go in the water. We need to, we, we need to figure out a way of getting down there. We need to figure something out because I, I was doing this for God. I wasn't doing this for me. We were building this place for the presence of God. And I was doing this for God, and now I'm going to end up in slavery for trying to do the right thing. And this guy's cutting a piece of wood. I want you to understand you got to be able to trust God to do something that makes no sense in life. To do something at times that doesn't match up with your way of thinking. It doesn't equal out to the way you see things. God's going to do things sometimes that doesn't match your mentality or your methods. you got to be able to trust God's method. What are you talking about give a tithe when I'm in debt? What are you talking about praying when, when, when I, when I need, need a breakthrough in life? What are you talking about forgive instead of getting even? What are you talking It doesn't make any sense, but when you trust God's methods, God's miracles will follow. And he tells them this, pick it up. Pick it up. I'm here to tell you right now, call out to God. Go back to where you lost it. Trust God's method and then pick it up. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.